entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com, CC1Consulting.com. Delighted to be back with you again for uh, yet another week. And uh, we're going to be talking today about corporate executive presence with my guest, Rob Brown. Uh, But firstly, I just want to say a big thank you to my guest last week. Uh, We had Mandy Hickson on the show. And Mandy, I thought, was an absolutely fascinating guest. It was really a real um, privilege to learn about her lessons from flying fast military jets uh, some great lessons there. I think that we can all learn about how to make tough decisions quickly and empower employees, uh, build teams and debrief projects. So if you're interested in learning you know, some different um, ideas that you can maybe incorporate into your business, then do take a listen to the recording out of the archive. So corporate executive presence. Um, according to my guest, uh, talent and technical expertise will only take your career so far, and I would agree with him on that. And corporate executive presence, he says, takes you to the top. Um, call it executive swagger, corporate charisma, personal impact, or professional gravitas. Your career and leadership success depends on your ability to influence others, radiate confidence, and exert authority. Thankfully, much of this is coachable, and um, Rob Brown's going to explain um, with me today um, more about this, um, this kind of concept. Um, he says, from powerful first impressions to ongoing popularity and credibility, great leaders and executives really get this stuff right. And it's true, isn't it? If you look at really high-performing people, when they do, they gain more respect and buy in for their ideas and opinions. There's also here you can uh, utilize this to raise your personal share price, to favorably influence your stakeholders and shareholders, to become a more valuable and coveted person, and to enhance your company's reputation and build deeper, more profitable relationships. So I'm delighted today to be talking about the 12 critical elements and strategies for building your corporate executive presence. Now, this week's guest today is Rob Brown. And I recently booked Rob to speak at an event I was hosting. And I have to say uh, that, and he hasn't paid me to say this, I'm saying this with all authenticity and integrity, I thought his speech was absolutely brilliant. There was more more takeaway value than I can remember in a long time. And um, afterwards, uh, on my way home, I found my mind actually drifting back to my school and college days. And I don't know if you've ever had a, a, a teacher or professor who was a little bit strict but had a great sense of humor, was incredibly passionate about his subject, and you hugely admired him or her. Um, you might not have told them at the time. Um, but I remember at my university, there was a guy called Mr. Finnegan, and he was so passionate about law that he had us all absolutely fascinated about his subject. And then I remember someone take, taking over a year later, and she bored our socks off, and we all started skipping lectures. I think she could have learned so much from Mr. Finnegan, and also uh, so much from uh, Mr. Rob Brown, who was a former maths teacher, I believe. That's true. (laughs) So I'll tell you a bit about Rob. Um, Rob um, helps people build powerful networks and profit from their most powerful connections or for more business, better career opportunities and greater influence. He's the best-selling author of How to Build Your Reputation, The Secrets of Becoming the Go-To Professional in the Crowded Marketplace. And according to LinkedIn, he's actually the most recommended networking expert in the world. Uh, his expertise covers compelling elevator pitches and trust and likability and corporate executive presence, profitable business networking, amongst a few very um, kind of relevant and related subjects. He's a regular media contributor. He hosts the Networking Giants radio show, which features the world's top networking experts. His clients include major banks, professional firms, thousands of entrepreneurs and business owners. He's based in Nottingham. That's the home of, or uh, the once was the home, uh, supposedly of uh, Robin Hood. Uh, Rob is married to Amanda, he's got two daughters, he plays lots of musical instruments, he's a committed Christian, and he's got a black belt in boxing, so don't mess with Rob. And Rob, a welcome. Welcome. That's the longest introduction I've ever heard, and thanks for joining us, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. Goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I think it's um, it's good to get some of that you know background about you, Rob, because you've got a lot of, um, a lot of great... Um, you know, great background, and uh, you're out there impacting lots of people. And 
Um, well, you know, we're talking about presence, Chris. It's, it's sometimes nice to get to the heart of the person behind the business person. And we know that trust is often built up in the non-business conversations. If you're a little bit vulnerable or a little bit candid, there's some personal stuff. Uh, that's a way to create some empathy. And as we'll find out, empathy is, a, is one of the tenets of executive presence. Absolutely. And, and I believe that you are um, holding your black belt for kickboxing that you just received last night. <laughs> yes, I ended a few weeks ago. I promised I'd get my black belt before my 50th birthday. And I'm, uh, I'm now very, very, very late 20s. So I just earned it a few weeks ago and got presented with it last night in my kickboxing class. A very proud moment. Well, con- congratulations. And, and why kickboxing? Well, I started with my daughter a few years ago, but she she dropped out after getting her blue belt, which is about halfway through. I carried on going. It's it's good to stay active. Like a lot of people these days, we lead quite sedentary lives. We're either in a car or in front of a computer, so I needed to keep going. I also had my daughters quite late in life, so I I, I want to live till I'm a hundred. To do that, you've got to stay in good shape. But the the ultimate reason I did it was that uh, if you've got daughters, you relate to this. That when my either of my daughters brings home their first boyfriend, they're going to introduce the father, saying, "This is my dad." And by the way, he's a black belt in kickboxing, which is <laughs> kind of like showing them my gun collection or my knife collection. <laughs> Keeps the boys honest. Excellent. Well, I'm uh, I'm pleased. I'm quite a lot older, and won't be coming home to uh, to meet you one day uh, with one of your daughters <laughs> in hand. Um, I wish that whoever that is um, the best of luck. Um, so t- do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, executive presence and what it is? Well, I often ask my audiences the, the following questions. Have you ever watched other people get the credit for your ideas? Have you ever been misinterpreted or misunderstood? Have you ever been overlooked for a project or a promotion? Have you ever not known what to do or say in a critical situation? Have you ever failed to connect with someone? Have you ever been frustrated that people don't quite get you or don't quite see your brilliance or perhaps you've failed to make an impact at a key moment or maybe you've worked really hard for little or no recognition or you've thought that the people above you are not as good as you? Or finally, have you ever feared for your job in tough economic times? And we get situations, don't we? We've seen it all the time where two people uh, join a company, big or small, and they've both got equal talents. But over time, one person moves up the ladder and prospers and seems to be the, the favoured child, if you like, becomes integral to the organisation in the future. And the other one uh, drops off and, and becomes a bit of a non-entity. And why is that? That's the whole challenge, isn't it? What, what is it? What's going on with one person that they rise up and another person that they fall to the bottom? And once I started to ask questions like that, even though I've not really got a strong corporate background, as you say, I used to be a maths teacher, but in going into organizations and seeing why some people flourish and some don't, I saw how it kind of came down to this presence that people have, this charisma, this gravitas, this swagger, whatever you want to call it, this likability, that if you put all the talent and competence to one side... It's what separates the good from the great. Mm. And how have you seen you know, people getting this wrong in your experience? What, what, um, what are they doing wrong? Well, I think the price they pay for not at least being aware of their executive presence is anonymity. They, they have less perks, less, less opportunities. They don't get the juicy projects. They they don't get the pay rises and the promotions. They don't get the choice to do what they want to do with the career. They, it's almost like doing a job because you have to rather than because you want to. And, and no disrespect to McDonald's, which is a great organization, but you, you probably ask a lot of people in McDonald's, they're taking the job because they have to and they need the money rather than it's the job that they really want to do. And when you have presence, it gives you choices. It gives you opportunities. It gives you the, the option to say no to something because you can say great to something better. But if you don't know that something better is coming down the line, then you almost have to say yes to, it, to everything that comes up. So it gives you choice. It gives you fame. It gives you a reputation. It gives you that standout go-to choice reputation so that when people need what you do, they think of you first above and beyond your competition. And in corporate life, it's as competitive as it ever was. Uh, you need that edge, don't you? You do, yeah. And you're getting me thinking back to my my corporate career, and you know it's very interesting. I don't really remember 
in my in my career, and I did pretty well in my career. But I don't ever remember anybody having a conversation with me about my corporate executive presence. Um, but it would have been extremely helpful if they had. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a great subject. This Rob to to have people today to think about during their careers. You know, how do they how do they stand out mm. and shine? And if you we're talking about executive presence and corporate presence, but it's really for for entrepreneurs as well. It's competitive in the entrepreneurial world. If you're a coach, consultant, a trainer, a speaker. Uh, you've got to be the number one choice. And if we look at the baseline for a minute, I'm assuming that everybody listening is technically competent. Their knowledge is deep and relevant. They're good at what they do. They're at least as good as, as their competition. They're not socially inept. They've got a strong self-development ethic. They, they've got a story to tell. They enjoy what they do. I'm assuming all of that. But a soundbite I often uses that good, good gets you in the game but great gets you on the podium. Here's, uh, here's one of Rob's takeouts that I was uh, referring to from our speech a few weeks ago. That, that's one that I wrote down there. Good gets you in the game. Great gets you on the podium. Um, worth putting that on your wall, I reckon. Well, everyone's got to be good, haven't they, these days, Chris? You can't be in business and, and be average. You could make money and be average a few years ago, but these days, times are tough. You've got to be better than good. Good will get you in the game. It gets you a ticket to the match, if you like. But if you're going to be a standout choice, if you're going to be in that top 5 to 10% for whom uh, the favor goes to, who gets the, the choices, who gets to say yes or no to the right things, who gets the perks and the interesting project. If you're going to be that person, you've got to be better than good. And, and that's what gets you the bronze, silver, gold medal rather than just being one of the people in the game. Absolutely. And I, and. I guess if you choose, it's a decision, isn't it, to take that path, uh, really? Well, look, we, we've not discussed it yet, but stuff like corporate executive presence is coachable. Leadership is coachable. You're not born a great leader. You're not born a great networker and a great connector. You're not born a great speaker. This stuff can be taught and can be coached, but you've got to be willing to learn. So we're going to what corporate executive presence is, I'm sure. And, and the first phase is obviously awareness of what it is. And then the second phase is, right, well, how do I apply these things to my life to help me raise my game? I remember when I was first getting into the networking game, I was selling private medical insurance. And part of my role was generating business. Now, I could, I could sell to an extent, but I was thriving on the leads that the company were giving me. When I had to start generating my own stuff and I went out networking, I was lousy at it. So I realized pretty quickly that unless I could learn and get really good at this, and I, and I actually decided I would be world-class at networking. I didn't know what that looked like, but I thought if I can learn this and do what people are doing and read a few books and go to a few seminars, then I can get an edge, and that's exactly what I did. I, from being a, a really poor networker, I, I started to raise my game, and I tell the story that I became so good that I multiplied my income by a factor of 15 in about 13 months. And it's because it's coachable, but you've got to want to learn it. You've got to want to apply it to your life. So when we, we deliver this interview here and we unpack it a bit, people should be making notes on, right, well, where's, the, where's the takeaway for me on what I can apply, take some action and get that presence that's going to give me the best jobs, the best promotions and the best opportunities. Sounds mm, Great. So, yeah, I think a, a notepad could be helpful for the next few sections, I would recommend. Um, so, Rob, be, um, before we go to commercial break, we've just got a couple of minutes. I wonder if you could want to share with us um, what the dimensions of executive presence are from your perspective. Well, if we define executive presence as uh, – I, I love this from uh, Joel Garfinkel. He said it's the ability to win the confidence of others around you. So if we define it like that, then – we get somewhere towards it, but we do need to realize that it's a bit like trust or integrity. It's quite a multi-composite concept. There are a few different areas. So if I were to tell you that we could break CEP, as we'll call it, corporate executive presence, into four key areas, then we can unpack those. It's reputation, it's personal impact, it's adding value, and it's mental toughness, mental strength. So we can certainly unpack those after the break. Excellent. Well, that sounds the perfect cue to go into our commercial break now. And uh, after the break, we shall start to unpack those four elements. So we're we'll back with you again in just a couple of minutes. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be that's info at be now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with rob brown we're talking about corporate executive presence and just before the break uh, rob mentioned that uh, the four key dimensions referred to of executive presence were reputation, personal impact, value add, and mental toughness. So, Rob, let's start with reputation. Um, what are the key things that we need to really consider about uh, our reputation? Well, let's define reputation. I, that's my best-selling book that you didn't mention in your introduction. Oh. It's about the only thing you didn't, Chris, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote the book, How to Build Your Reputation. <laughs> Thanks for holding so, a mirror to my inadequacies. <laughs> Actually, candidness and humility is a part of executive presence, so be encouraged. Uh, reputation is what people think, do, feel, say about you when they come into contact with you or your name. And I, I gave it a little soundbite, actually, in the book, and I, and I called it your rep, the reason everyone pays. And we want people to pay us three things. We want them to pay us attention, because in this overcrowded world of lots of noise, we want that little bit of mind space where people think about us and consider us. We want people to pay us respect. That means they pay us a fair wage uh, at a, at, for a fair day's work or they pay us premium, what we deserve, and they don't keep changing the goalpost. And we want people to pay us money because, let's face it, without money, we are lacking in our choices and there's very few things in life have much flavor without money because it gives you the chance to make a big difference. So reputation, the reason everyone pays. If we were to break that down, can I go into this now, Chris, and break down reputation? You see, you've got to get people talking about you in the right way. You've got to transform people's opinions of you into you being this number one choice. You're the one that they promote. You're the one that they're talking about. You're the one that they speak of in favorable tones. So uh, reputation is giving you that standout, go-to, compelling, obvious expert type um, personality that people think is a force to be reckoned with. So let's break it down. There are three dynamics of reputation when it comes to executive presence. The first is politics. So if you're going to be talked about in the right way, and if you're going to talk about others in the right way, then you've got to get a handle on the office politics. And that simply means playing the game with a purpose. What's your objective and what are other people's objectives? You've got to study the org chart, the organizational chart, and find out who's where, who are the players, who's in control. You've got to occupy positions of influence, and if you're not in them, you've got to know who is in them. 
uh, so that you can align yourself to the right people. You've got to be nice. You've got to maintain integrity. You've got to stay humble, but you've got to ethically brag at the right time. It's a lovely phrase, isn't it? Ethical bragging. Sometimes you're the best person to big you up, but other times you need champions and advocates in the organization. Uh, But we've got to be ethically bragging so that people know what we're capable of. Office politics means giving first. That might mean sharing your agenda first, sharing your motives first, or uh, giving people some help or support or encouragement first. The politics is also following through on commitments and promises. You've got to play that game. It's building consensus and mediating so that you're the broker. And perhaps most importantly, it's probing personal agendas so you know what's really driving people you understand the power players and the pecking orders and there's a little bit of respect in territories as well if people do have personal agendas you've got to know what they are respect them stay on the right side of them so all of this goes together chris to make office politics i'm sure you played a bit of it in your time i think sometimes you have no choice it's a funny thing isn't it it's almost it's almost a a dirty word or could be perceived that way um, yeah, and, and, and it's trying to do, you know, it's a realization this is going on around you, but also maintaining authenticity and integrity and good ethics and everything. It's, uh, it's an interesting game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And how often do we hear of people that are brilliantly talented and even have some level of charisma, but they struggle politically. They couldn't play the political game, the office politics. They just weren't, weren't alive to it or they, maybe they refused to play the game. But it's vitally important. And the slide that I put up when I'm delivering presentations to my corporate clients on this is of someone uh, with their back to us and they've got a dagger behind their back. And it's that idea that people are out to get you. But you've got to have a dagger behind your own back in a way. You've got to be willing to play the game. It's not fair. It's not just. But it is what it is. And we know that the people that rise to the top are not just the nice guys and the nice girls, they've got to play the game of politics. Mm. So in terms of the other components of uh, reputation, you mentioned politics there. Um, What else is important? So let's move on to profile. It doesn't serve your purposes to be anonymous. I often say it's no good being the best kept secret in the world. There are some naive people in corporate life that say, if I do a good job, they'll come and find me. You get it in entrepreneurial life as well, or people that run their own business. They think that that go out doing a great job, coming back and waiting for the phone to ring is a business strategy. But that call never comes. We've got to raise our profile. We've got to let people know what we're doing. We've got to be on the radars of the right people. We need a great elevator pitch. You know, that answer to the question, what do you do? You've got to uh, raise your profile on, on a digital platform, as we call it these days. You, you've got to be seen online as well as offline. You've got to be Googleable. I think that's now an official word, isn't it? If people Google you, you've got to be found because if you're not found, you're anonymous. And if you're anonymous, you can't be considered for all the great juicy projects and promotions. So you've got to be front or top of mind. And that means having a profile internally, externally, within your industry, outside your industry, within the corporation, outside, within your office, and outside internationally, regionally, locally. You've got to be seen and be seen in the right way so that when people think of you, they think of all the things you want them to think. That's profile. Um, just, you just reminded me of uh, somebody that I, I know who's a, a very senior role, corporate role, but uh, what she does very well is she's, she's built herself a, a great profile across the industry and outside of it by being a real ambassador for, um, for a particular subject area. Uh, and she speaks at conferences and, and, and whatever. And I think uh, you know, what's interesting for her is if she ever, ever leaves, she's also, she can step straight into another world if she chooses to through that profile. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's... It's about thought leadership. It's, it's a great word, isn't it? Two words, thought leadership. But it's about leading the charge as, as an expert in your space. And I often say to people, when you're building your profile, the three best things you can do are to network, to speak, and to write. So you build your network and your profile by associating with the right people and being known by the right people. You build your thought leadership by 
speaking because I, you've, you've written books, Chris. Anything that goes into writing makes you the authority because the word author gives us authority. And finally, you need to speak. Addressing audiences, crowds, one-to-many, it shows that you've got influence and you've got scale as well of your message. Instead of one-to-one conversations, when you speak publicly, you can address uh, one-to-many. And can I just add one thing on the pro, on the reputation and the networking thing? Sure. I've got a lovely little model that the, the audience might want to picture in their minds. If you picture two circles, the inner circle is your network, which is who you know, and the outer circle is your reputation, which which is who knows you. And if you build the, the inner one, the network, then the outer one will build as well. The more people you know, the more people will know you. And that all goes towards building a great profile. Excellent. So is there anything else that we need to really know about reputation? Well, let's finish by stories because one of the best ways to get people talking about you and generate that word of mouth is to to have great stories put out about you, to tell great stories as well because the elevator pitch traditionally is people's job titles. What do you do? I'm a managing director. What do you do? I'm head of marketing. What do you do? I'm a CEO. But that doesn't really tell people what you do. What people are really craving for at that point is a story, an example. Well, uh, I'm I'm in sales, but let me give you an example of the kind of things I do for my client. Or let me tell you a story about something I did recently for one of my stakeholders, which made a big difference. Or let me share with you something I'm working on right now, which is pretty exciting. Those kind of stories make people come to life and they're pass-onable. Think of that word for a moment, pass-onable, like a relay baton. You, you pass it on to someone else and they'll talk about you when you're not there. That word of mouth creates a great reputation. So I'd say to people listening, to, to enhance your executive presence, start telling stories about stuff you've done around people around you, about, about projects you're working on, case studies, war stories, examples. Drip these into your conversation. It's a great way to ethically brag about what you're doing. And, and like movies, like songs, like jokes, they'll get told again and again when you're not there. And that gives you massive leverage in, in corporate life. Fantastic. That's really helpful, Rob. Um, let's, let's move on now to personal impact, uh, which was the, the second of the sort of key four dimensions of executive presence. Um, tell us what's uh, important about personal impact. Well, there's three dimensions to it personal impact the first is presenting so we talked a little bit about speaking but this is the way you present yourself this is the way you dress the way you walk the way you talk the way you come across the way you interact with people Uh, presenting one-to-one one-to-group one-to-many one-to-massive audiences is huge because if you can't be a leader that way. And this is a great way of showing your leadership potential, isn't it? You can't rise to the top of an organization if you can't present your ideas, if you can't present your arguments, if you can't present your opinions. You're not going to be in the game at all. So presenting is a massive part of personal impact. And then we've got image. Yeah, it's the way you look, but, but really what is your personal brand? What does your website look like if you've got one? What does your blog look like? What does your car look like? What does your business card look like? How are you dressing? Are you dressing two or three levels above the people that you're associating with right now? So that image is important. The way you look after yourself grooming-wise, how do you come across to people? So that's a big part of personal impact. Have you ever seen someone walk into a room, Chris, and, and wow, they just blew people away with how they carried themselves. Does anyone come to mind for you? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, but I, I think uh, it's, sometimes I think, I think of some of, the, uh, some of the, the key professional speakers that I've met or um, uh, some of the, the programs I've been on the, on the past where you know, someone's come onto a big stage with a large audience and, uh, and yeah, they've got, uh, they've got something about them, haven't they? Um, well, here's a, here's a counter to that. It, it might not give you massive executive presence if your image is right, but it certainly will detract from your executive presence if your image is wrong. Do you know, do I think one thing I, that just sort of comes to my mind is, is that when, when, you've, when you've presented yourself out there and there are stories about you and maybe, maybe it's blogs you've put out or there's books that you've written, there's also, there's also a something... In, and when you meet a person that you already know them because you know them through the material, their content, um, it, it's sometimes 
those sorts of people where whereby um, when they walk in the room, there's something special kind of happen because uh, you, you feel like you already know them even though you don't. Yeah. Um, that's probably due to some of the things they've done, which you just talked about, really. Well, a reputation is a big part of that, but image is a facet of reputation. It's no good being good at something if you don't also look the part because the higher up you go in an organization, the more on show you are. Gone are the days when the CEO could just hide in, a, in, in an executive suite and not be seen. These days, the executives are the face of the company. They're the ones that face the media. They're the ones that engage the workforce. They're the ones that are on the blogs and in the social media and, and running with thought leadership. So you've got to have that image that makes you professional. And what's your view, Rob, for, for maybe, you know, there are, there are people out there who naturally gravitate more to, to speaking and putting themselves out there on a platform. But then there are, there are people who maybe, you know, are more introverted in their kind of nature. And, you know, it, doing those sorts of things is almost the worst thing in the world. I mean, is, is it coachable to uh, move from, you know, being an accountant to being, uh, having a significant uh, level of uh, presence? Well, there are charismatic accountants, aren't there? We, know. We, have people, we have people that are technically good, but it's what's beyond that, because as we've established, good technical skills and key competence gets you in the game, but it's, a, it's above and beyond that. So these kind of things that we're discussing now, if you're more mindful of them, you've got a better chance of, of nailing them. Uh, if you can implement them and, and work on your weaknesses and that hopefully is going to make you a little bit more charismatic. We can't, you know, some of it's born, isn't it? Some of it's natural and inherent. But if you can glean a little bit of it and add that to your undoubted competence, you're going to have an edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a fascinating thing, this this kind of speaking, um, because, because I think all of us who go out there and do speak uh, are all pretty terrified in general the first time we started to do it. Um, I don't know about you, yeah. maybe it came naturally to you, I don't know. But, uh, well, I, I, I've worked at it, but you, you can build on your strengths, can't you, to create a massive competitive advantage, to, to really stand out in a certain area. And that's where the people that are world-class are, I think. It's hard to be world-class if you're not building on some element of talent, but talent plus investment they say is what creates a strength. You've got to invest in it. You've got to train. You've got to educate yourself. That builds on your talent to create a real strength. Uh, so let's finish off this section, can we, Chris, by talking about empathy very briefly. Sounds good. It's the, it's the final dimension, if you like, of personal impact. You've got to be able to relate to people. If, if, if you're going to make an impact on me, then you've got to really get on with me. You've got to really empathize with what I'm doing. I've got to feel that you're interested in me i've got to feel that you want what i want i've got to feel that you're driven by my motives as much as yours so this is empathy it's a cornerstone of influence it's putting yourself in their shoes and if you're just in it for yourself or you're driving your own agenda people see that you've got to have a bigger goal you've got to have a more embracing vision that takes people along for the ride with you and gets people on the team bus, if you like. And without empathy, it's very, very difficult because you come across as cold, hard, wooden, selfish, self-centered, and that's never going to get you to the top. So to make an impact with people, present well, present yourself well, keep your image professional, and develop empathy. And I'm not going to kid you here. I'm not strong on empathy. I've had to develop empathy I, I get switched off when people are bitching and moaning and whining and talking about themselves and talking about their problems. But being a Christian has helped me in this regard, actually, to just be a little bit more understanding, a little bit more tolerant, a little bit more empathetic, a little bit more patient. And, yeah, it's not been an easy ride, but I'm a lot better than I was. I think, I think you, you know, the fact that you've shared that, I think, is, is very helpful because, you know, what it's... Um, what is important, isn't it, when you're trying to do things, something like improve your presence, just be absolutely brutally honest, because uh, we're all not, uh, there are all certain aspects of this that we're, we're not going to be good at, are we? Um, but what you're doing there is you're, you're confronting that and being open about it, and you're working on it in your conscious awareness. 
you bring up an interesting point. Self-disclosure and candidness and humility are elements of empathy and thus elements of personal impact and, and executive presence. And it may be counterintuitive to admit that you have a weakness, but to get to the top in a profession, nobody is going to have the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the whole toolkit. Nobody's going to be absolutely perfect. We're all flawed in some way. We're all carrying baggage. So admitting that you've got some baggage actually makes people relate to you more readily because you, you appear human rather than superhuman. You appear in touch rather than out of touch. So a little bit of humility goes a long way. Excellent. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again, final commercial break. After the break, we shall uh, move into talking about value add and the key components of mental toughness. So do join us again in just a couple of minutes for more Rob Brown. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I have BeMoreAchievemore.com. I'm with Rob Brown. We're talking about corporate executive presence. And the next um, key component that we're going to look at is uh, mental toughness. So, Rob, do you want to um, tell me uh, you know, what mental toughness is from your perspective and what are the key elements of mental toughness that we need to consider? Great question and a vital part because corporate life is tough. It's edgy. It's dog eats dog in many ways. There are many people looking for your job, your salary, your package, your clients, your customers. They want to get in front of your stakeholders. So being mentally strong is, is really what takes you to the top. We say in athletic terms that, that your talent and your training will take you to 95% of your potential, but the rest of it is mental, and that's why there are only a few people at the top. So, yeah, it's a key component. And, and let's break it down a little bit. And one of the things that gives you mental toughness is passion. If you really love what you do, that will shine through like a beacon on a, on a cloudy, dark night, like a lighthouse, if you like. Being really passionate is what sells you. It's what gets people uh, really bought into what you're doing. Steve Jobs was a classic example of someone that had real passion and belief in what he was doing. Really big part of making you strong because if you don't believe in you and what you're doing, uh, you're mentally weak. People will see that and they'll ride right over you. Uh, another aspect to that, and feel free to come in, Chris, if you want to comment on this. Yeah, sure. I mean, I just, uh, next one is self-control. Yeah. 
I just, just yeah, go on. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I just wanted to go back to um, to passion because um, you know, is passion something that you're born with, or is it something that you can that you can be, be coached into you? I think passion is something you uncover by trying a lot of different things and finding what really puts you in flow. You know a lot about flow, Chris, with with wealth dynamics and things like that. When you're in that zone, and sometimes that's something you've got to uncover or discover for yourself, rather than. Uh, rather than being born with it, if you like. Maybe it is inside you, but you've certainly got to uncover where it is, what it is, and, and that's what gives you passion. Just because you can do something, just because you're good at something, that doesn't necessarily mean you love it and it's passion. So there's a distinguishing mark between those two, but if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're never going to get to the top. Yeah, I think it was uh, it's, it's good in Good to Great, um, the Jim Collins book, uh, you know, the thing... I always remember out of there is that you know the key components go be in, in your life should be something you're passionate about and you know those businesses that are very successful become the best in the world at it. Um, yeah, and also it's it's got to be something that you can generate cash from, of course. Um, but that passion really is important, isn't it? And and uh, can it get help get us over lots of obstacles that we'll inevitably yeah. face. Yeah, and let's move on to self control. We don't want a CEO or a leader or, or some player to be losing their temper, to be not being able to control the situation. In a crisis, you want someone with a level head, and this means you've got to have self-control. Big part of mental toughness, big part of executive presence. Control yourself, control the situation as much as you can. And the final dimension, we touched on a little bit with passion and believing in what you do, but you've got to certainly believe in yourself. It's that self-belief because people are going to knock you back People are going to come at you. People are going to sabotage your best efforts to get ahead of them. So a really strong self-belief is a, is a vital dynamic of executive presence. You've got passion, self-control, self-belief. Your mental toughness is strong. Uh, and you've got that quadrant in place, then the only thing left for you is that you're going to need some added value. You're going to need to be able to make a difference. Excellent. Well, we'll come on to that in a moment, but I'd just be interested to know, you know do you how do you build self-belief? Uh, because sometimes I meet, you know, I meet people who are on the outside, they look um, very confident, but inside they're not. Um, what uh, what are your, is your views on how you can increase that level of self-belief or confidence? Yeah, confidence is a good word for it. I said earlier that executive presence is the ability to win the confidence of those around you. But you've certainly got to have confidence in yourself. And confidence comes from the Latin, confidence with faith so it is that belief and I say to my clients you've got to get up in the morning look in the mirror and say this is me this is what I do I'm really really good at it I'm better than most people at it and the price for me is x and to be honest that's really good value because you get me you know if you can't sell you to yourself you're not going to sell you to anyone else so developing self-belief is vital it comes from good results it comes from a good feedback. It comes from getting a good job done. It comes from mixing with the right people. It comes from almost that fake it till you make it thing, but you telling people that you are the go-to guy. Also, a little bit of cunning here, but creating the reputation before it's a reality. As a quick example, when I first started out in this game, I did a lot of reading around networking and building relationships, and I thought I was pretty good at it. So I put on my emails and my strap lines and my business card, Rob Brown, the UK's leading authority on business relationships. And I almost put that out there, Chris, and waited for someone to knock on my door and tell me that I wasn't. Yes. But until they did knock on my door, and in fact, nobody did, but I did everything I could to live up to that. And I really believed that I was. So I backed myself to be that guy. And you've got to back yourself to be the one that people want, to be the one that makes the difference. And if you can't buy yourself, then nobody else is going to either. I think it's a brilliant example because what you did there is you actually claimed a space for yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Category of one, as Joe Calloway would say. Fantastic. So let's go on to value add then. Um, don't want to miss out on that. What um, do we need to know about value add? Well, value adds actually the chunkiest, but I'll breeze through it because I, I want to make sure we finish on time. Three components to value add. In other words, you've got to make a difference. And the first is your view, your perspective. And I call this the view from the top. So you've got to think wider than your own local tactical operational perspective. You've got to think big picture rather than small detail. 
you've got to be able to solve problems rather than just fight fires. You've got to think about the strategic vision rather than the, the small time tactics. You've got to be thinking ahead rather than the day to day. You get in the idea, you've got to think future rather than here and now, long term versus short term. And you've got to think about shareholders and stakeholders and, and defending those corporate objectives rather than defending your own patch and your own political agenda. You get your head around those, you're starting to get a, a strategic view from the top. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, having that big picture, as one of our friends, Roger Howard, would say, having that a helicopter vision. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Roger's a good guy. And uh, let's talk about contribution now. So you've got that perspective. You now need to contribute something to the organization. So what is your contribution? How do you make a difference? This means increasing your knowledge rather than staying stagnant. This means becoming a change agent rather than a reactive agent. You've got to make things happen. It often involves taking risks rather than playing it safe. You know, the soundbite is it's often too risky to play it safe. It means increasing your expertise and your skills rather than standing still, being brilliant rather than being average, and doing something extra every day to enhance what you're doing and, and the way you contribute. I often say it's better to be uh, – sorry, I often say it's better to be uh, – a five o'clock person than a nine o'clock person. In other words, you're much better at the end of the day than you were at the beginning of the day. You've learned something, you've contributed something, you've got better at something rather than just the same person at five o'clock at the end of the day. And ultimately with contribution, what are you doing to manage your stakeholders and making your boss look good and making other people look good around you? When you can make that kind of contribution, you'll rise up pretty quickly. Excellent. I've got, I've got a, a client. So, if I was clarity, wasn't it? Yeah, you're going to talk about clarity. Yeah, we'll go on to clarity. Were you going to say something about a client? No, it's okay. You carry on. You so, on. let's end up with clarity then. This is the final aspect of added value. And clarity means that you provide direction rather than merely following directions. It's you that sets priorities, it's you that, that creates certainty. And, and cuts through the fog rather than a lot of the obfuscation, I love that word, of the uncertainty, the doubt, the misalignment. You've got to cut, cut, cut through that. Communicating succinctly, checking people's understandings, interpreting, interpreting sorry, what's going on. This is stuff that brings clarity, getting through the complexity. Uh, Jack Welsh used to say, um, Explain it to me in two minutes. Explain it to me like we're on the playground. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. You know, give me, give me the whole picture quickly. And this bringing clarity and breaking through the personal and corporate agendas, this is, this is absolutely crucial. They say the, the forces of VUCA, have you heard of these? V-U-C-A, volatility, unpredictability, complexity, ambiguity. You've got to deal with those forces and... Holding people accountable is a murky thing. It's tough. You've got to be able to cut through, get through stuff. And if you do that, Chris, then you've got corporate executive presence and you're going to go right to the top. Thank, thank you, Rob. That's um, uh, fascinating. And I think um, you've got me thinking there on the point about clarity as a client that I have who just has that an incredible ability to be able to You'd sit in with him in a very complex meeting. It seems to be inconclusive, but he's able to summarize it in such a way yeah. that he brings complete clarity to the situation every time. And everybody kind of marvels, how do you do it? And I wonder, how do you learn to do that? Mm, it's, it's seeing what's important. It's getting perspective. Oh, there's so many crises, isn't there, and scandals and choices and cultural differences and information overload and news and social media and everything. We, we, it's fast-paced. We've got to make quick decisions, and often we haven't got the right facts. But it's often taking that step back, isn't it, and seeing, asking yourself, in fact, what's really important here? What is really the problem here? What is really the issue here? It could, it could be the elephant in the room, or it could be quite hidden. But sometimes... Cutting through the clarity is your take on things, your opinion. And in saying with confidence, the real issue here is this. The real problem here is this. And because very few people will have that clarity, they often go with you because you're so confident about it. And in giving them a direction, it might not be the ultimate right direction, but it is a direction. Yeah. And sometimes getting a direction is all you need to take some action. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be right sometimes. 
but in being confident enough to say, here's the key issue. Here's the challenge here as I see it. Here's the main thing. And sometimes that provides leadership and direction to people, which allows them to move forward on something. Fantastic, Rob. But um, if what you've done in this uh, this interview, I think, is you know, to me, I'm likening corporate executive presence to being like a chessboard, and these components, like the pieces, and to be, I guess, to be really successful and win the game, you need to take the time to understand those components uh, before you can really move forward and and win. Um, but really, some really great stuff in there. We've got a, a couple of minutes left. I wonder what are the key messages that you'd really like to leave us with today? Oh, let's try these. Executive presence is vital if you want to move up the corporate ladder. Even in entrepreneurial life, we call it executive presence, but it's you becoming that number one go-to choice for what you do. And if the if the bar is high, you've got to get above it. Getting in the game is having decent technical competence, good skills, good knowledge, but if you get executive presence, you will rise above the bar and, and get to the top. The other thing I'd say is it's coachable. We've established that now. Having awareness of it is the first phase. You've got to know that it exists. You've got to know that the people you're seeing leapfrog ahead of you in the corporate ladder are not better than you. They just play the game better. They're just more aware of executive presence. So phase one is is knowing that it exists, almost knowing your enemy. And, and phase two then is doing something about it, looking at these 12 areas and saying, right, what can I apply to make a big difference now? Where am I weak? Where can I pull my socks up? Or indeed, where am I strong? And I can create some clear water between me and my competition. So I think they're the two big, big things I would end with. It's coachable and it's vital. Rob, uh, thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed being on the show today. It's lovely. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. Excellent. Well, uh, it's great to, great to have you um, from Robin Hood land. <laughs> I need to go back to the woods for the weekend. <laughs> and uh, Thanks, <laughs> my kickboxing black belt. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you once again. And on the show next week, um, we have Amy Bran. Um, Amy Bran is an expert in neuroscience. And she's going to really talk about uh, you know, how, what neuroscience is about but also all the things that we can utilize neuroscience in our, our kind of business um, environments for uh, that's going to be a really- Chris, I've interviewed Amy actually as well I've interviewed her on my radio show she's terrific so that's going to be a great listen uh, thank you thank you for that Rob she is she's, she's really uh, really interesting and there's uh, uh, lots of great stuff to share so join us again for that next week and once again Rob Brown thank you and thank you to you all for listening great. For listening to Be More Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London, on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.